good evening, everyone. Welcome. It's uh, hey, yeah. I was waiting for a response. You know, it's it's this is how this works. Usually, you talk and talk back. You know. Hey, happy Father's Day weekend. Nice, cool summer evening to celebrate. So you know, we were trying to figure out some stuff to do, and tomorrow was supposed to be like rainy all day. I was like, well, figure it out, I guess. Um, you guys have big plans? Yeah. This is this is where you respond and talk. I mean, this is. Or we're excited that you guys are here with us tonight. Um, I, I want to start off by reading a passage of scripture, and and we'll kind of go from there. But I thought it was appropriate just to start with this scripture tonight. This is from the book of Philippians, chapter two, five through eleven. It says this: Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I'm so blessed to have the privilege to to preach to you on this topic tonight. Uh, we're, we're currently in our summer series, um, it, which is called Unshakable. We're looking at the 12 undeniable truths of the Bible. It's not that there's only 12, it's just the 12 we're, we're taking the time to really unpack over the summer. So far, we've looked at the reliability of the Bible um, and, and the reality of the Father uh, of God. And tonight, we're, we're going to look at the personhood uh, of Jesus uh, and discover together how exactly the reality of who Jesus is as both God and man affects us in our lives and in our faith today. Okay? We believe uh, as a church and as Christians, um, an understanding of the nature of Jesus is vital to our faith in Him as our Savior. And we believe that His nature is re- revealed to us perfectly through God's Word, through the Bible. And so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight, a a biblical case for both Jesus as God and Jesus as man. And hopefully through that, we're we're going to discover what these truths mean for our lives today. Because they really are life-changing. They really change everything. You can't truly understand and accept these truths and have them not change your life. But before we go on, I just want to open up with a word of prayer. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. Father, thank you that we get to gather together like this in your name. Father, we just pray right now for um, your spirit just to come with it, within each and every one of us. Father, that you speak through your word tonight, that this is your truth that is heard. It's your gospel that's heard, Father, and that you and only you are glorified. Father, we, we understand that your word um, presents to us so many truths that really are just, they're undeniable. And Father, may the, this truth that we're looking at tonight, a truth that you so extravagantly showed us through your word and through your creation, Father, may that truth just pierce our hearts tonight. May it break down any walls or barriers that we've put up. And Father, may it lead to us glorifying and worshiping you because you're worthy of it. Father, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be, like I said, looking at Jesus and understanding, just on a broader scope, understanding the identity of someone or something is really important, okay? Um, Without doing this, 
we really begin to work with a partial framework to draw conclusions from when we're searching at for truth and discovery. Uh, knowing someone who someone really is helps us to know their story, and without knowing their story, we can never truly see someone for who they really are, but rather only through the ba- the biases and the and the opinions that we've already created for them. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I have a friend that I call a, a really good friend of mine now, uh, but but when when I first met him, to be honest, guys, I couldn't really stand him. You guys know what I mean? Uh, you have you, you have one of those friends like the first time you met him, you're just like. Eh, no, but like over time, the more you get to know the person, understand their true identity, it, you kind of change your opinion about them. Uh, th- this guy, this friend of mine, he uh, he was loud, <laughs> he was obnoxious, he was seemingly very rude. And one example of this for you is that the first time uh, I, I met, he told my me, or I'm sorry, he told my now wife, who um, we were dating at the time, that she should break up with me, like just right in front of me. He's just like, yeah, you should. He, he, Give him the cut. You should break up with him. Um, uh, Eleven years of marriage later, jokes on him. But uh, I have to be honest with you guys. This guys, this this guy rubbed me the wrong way in about every way conceivable, and it was it was just the way he came off. Um, but as I got to know him, I got kind of past that first impression. Uh, I slowly began to understand his heart, to see his story of what made him him, and, and an incredible friendship began to grow. Where now I, I would trust trust this friend with mine. With just about anything, right? I know his heart for Jesus. I, I understand his zest for life, how much he loves his friends and his people and his family, and, and I understand how passionately um, he 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 loves um, ministry and, and how much he desires to help the hurting and the lost. And, and knowing who he truly is and understanding his real identity completely changed the way I viewed him, and, and I'm very grateful for that because the truth is is that we all do this from time to time. We make up our minds about who someone is, and we, we don't always give them uh, the chance to prove th- themselves otherwise. You know, oftentimes we give people one chance to make a good impression, and if they don't, we just write them off for good, right? And, 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 but th- this is a grave mistake that we, we make in our flesh, because knowing a person's true identity allows us to actually know the person and not who we've conjured him or her up to be in our heads, even if it's based upon an impression or something that they did right off the bat. And, and, and knowing who someone really is is so much better, isn't it, than just living in these things we built up, these identities we built up for them in our minds. I don't think there is a more critical area in our lives where d- doing this makes more of a difference than looking at the true nature and identity of Jesus Christ. You see, our world is full of people who have made up their minds about Jesus. Whether fully informed or partially informed, where they have made a snap decision about him. In fact, I bet if I just went and walked, you know, around downtown here uh, and asked random people walking through the streets questions about who Jesus was and is, I would get an insanely diverse group of answers, right? I, I think I would find people who would view Jesus as a friend and others who would view Jesus as a fictional character, I would find some people who would know stories about Jesus and his life, and others who could care less. I would find some people who would tell me scriptures about his life, death, and resurrection, and then others who would tell me falsehoods about him that they picked up along the, along the way. But the beauty of it is, guys, is that we don't have to guess. Okay, we don't have to guess about the identity of Jesus. We don't have to make 
conjectures about his identity. We, we have an entire Bible which we can fully trust that points to the reality, characteristics, actions, and personhood of Jesus Christ. And, and that's what I want to unpack tonight as we look at this unshakable reality of the identity of Jesus. And as we walk through this, uh, I believe that we're going to learn three main truths, okay? I really want to look at three main things. And the first is that Jesus is fully God. Okay, and then I want to look at how Jesus became fully man. And then because of the reality of those first two, we're going to look at a third truth, and that's that he died for our sins to reveal the love of God for his children, and that through that we can have a relationship with him. So we're going to dive into some scripture to discover this together, and and I'll give you guys a fair warning. We're going to move fast, okay? It's a lot to take in. We're going to look at at a number of passages that reveal these truths to us, and we're we're going to move pretty quickly through them. But there's, there's so much in the Bible that points to this unshakable truth, and I want to present to you guys tonight a biblical account of this. So we're going to be looking at quite a bit tonight, but I, I think that it's, it's pretty manageable. So the first truth we're going to look at is that Jesus is fully God, okay? I open up this passage of Scripture, or this, this message with a passage of Scripture from Philippians 2, and we're going to go back to that a number of times tonight. And I, I chose this passage because I believe that it gives us a glimpse uh, of the full picture of who Jesus is. Okay, what he did for us and what the result of that is in our reality. In verse 6 of that passage, it says this, talking about Jesus. It says, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Okay, this comes from the teachings of the Apostle Paul, who, who wants to make it very clear that the identity of Jesus, pre-incarnation, oh, and that's just a fancy word for saying before he came to earth as a man, uh, was that he was fully God. Okay, it states right here that Jesus' very nature was God himself. We find in the book of Hebrews, which, by the way, if, you're gonna, if you really want to find out and discover um, truths about the personhood of Jesus, of the identity of Jesus, um, explained in about every way possible, open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Okay, it's packed full of it. All right, and we're just going to look at some of that tonight. Um, but in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. It goes forward in verses 8 and 9. It says this, But about the Son, God, uh, the Son, God says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be your scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. We get a very good picture of the nature of Jesus from these passages, okay? And that's that the nature of Jesus himself is that of the nature of God himself. Okay, now this isn't the same thing as as being made in the image of God, okay? Which is what scripture says about you and I. Being made in the image of is, is about likeness and potential, Okay, your nature is the reality of your identity, and, and Jesus' identity was that of God himself. That's the reality of who he is. We, we see this claim of identity in, in the words of Jesus himself. We're going to look at a few of those right here. Um, John eight fifty eight, 58, um, Jesus claimed divinity and eternal existence by saying, Very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. In addition to this claim, he also claimed equality with God as well. We find this in, in John chapter 10, 28 through 30. It says, this, it's, it says I give them eternal life, and they shall, f- they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. 
So here's the claim that Jesus is equal with God. In fact, they are one. He also claimed to, to have the power to forgive people in their sins, which only God himself can do, by the way. We find this in Mark chapter 2, 5 through 7. It says this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? I love this question they asked. Because the answer is, nobody. And that's the reality of Jesus as fully God. But the support for the unshakable truth that Jesus is fully God doesn't just stop there. In fact, Jesus proved it in about every way imaginable. In fact, the Old Testament made at least 61 prophecies about the coming Messiah well before he made his entrance into this world. And the fact that these prophecies came true points to the only logical conclusion that Jesus is the coming Messiah, who is God himself. It was part of that claim. These prophecies ranged from how he would be born, to, to what he would do while he, while he was here on earth, to how would he, he would even be betrayed that would lead to his death. Bible scholars tell us that nearly 300 references to these 61 specific prophecies of the Messiah were fulfilled by Jesus Christ of Nazareth. These prophecies themselves were written by men from different times and places between about 500 and 1,000 years before Jesus was born. That would be, um, thus there was no, ap- no opportunity for collusion among them. That would be absolutely impossible. Okay, and they were insanely specific. They weren't just broad things that peop- people could just chance into, especially all 61 of them. Okay, it could, um, the odds of one person fulfilling that many prophecies would be b- beyond all mathematical possibilities. It could never happen no matter how much time was allotted. One mathematician actually took this challenge on to to try to discover the odds of this actually happening. And the number that he came up with, this estimation, he said basically it's impossible. But he said it would be one chance in a trillion, 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 trillion. Jesus proved to be exactly who he claimed to be in so many ways that it's completely foolish to believe something other than that truth. He showed dominion over creation, over sin, and over death. I just love how extravagantly God was with revealing this truth to us. Right? I, 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 there are so many questions that we have, uh, sometimes with, you know, even with God or, or other truths that we find in Scripture, there can be so many questions that we have that seemingly only are um, we only can only we can only find ambiguous answers to, right? Like it, we we we're left maybe a little unsatisfied sometimes, um, it, j- just by looking, uh, you know, for, for these answers. But it's this is absolutely not the case with this with this question. This is absolutely not one of those questions. God went above and beyond to show us that Jesus indeed was God Himself, both through His Word and through His actions. One of which was showing His power over death, even death. On a cross. Going back to our Philippians passage, this is exactly why Jesus was exalted to the highest place because he is fully God and deserves such a place. God left no wiggle room with this truth and how he revealed it to us, which I think is incredible and reveals how important this really is to us in our lives. So, for our first truth, Jesus truly was fully God in all conceivable ways that we can fathom. Uh, But we can't just stop there. Jesus not only revealed and proved to us his nature of being fully God, but he also proved to us his nature of being fully man. So we're going to take some time to unpack those biblical truths 
um, the, with the uh, tonight as well. So that's going to be our second point. Going back to our Philippians 2 passage, it states, I'm going to repeat this verse from earlier. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. All right, to clarify on this, we see the, the wording here, uh, um, the, we, in this wording here, the phrase, taking the very nature of a servant. Other translations say that he took the form of, of man. This does not mean that he took less than the nature of a man, but it translates to becoming man in nature and not in likeness. So his very nature was and is God, but he chose to limit the scope of this divinity to become a fully man as a servant with full human likeness. And I, I want to make sure I'm very clear that this doesn't mean that he was no longer God when he came to earth, but that he laid down some of that glory because it was necessary to do to become fully man. I was talking to Ben about this because it's just one of those really hard truths to wrestle through just to make sure it's communicated clearly. And and he reminded me of an example I've actually heard before. He, um, Ben talked about how George Washington, after um, America had uh, gained its independence and had started its own government and had its own constitution, served uh, as president, but the citizens pretty much mandated that he would become president for life, that he would serve for the entire life as the leader of our country. But George Washington, knowing that that wasn't the purpose that he was trying to serve, that that wasn't what was best for his people, he knew long term that it was better for him to step down and, and set up a different system where it wasn't just a king ruler that 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 just stayed on the throne forever, but that he ste- he took a step down because that's what was best. Uh, to, that's really what needed to happen. It wasn't what was best for the people for him to stay in that position. Um, it's, this isn't a perfect example, but I think it can help make the point, and that was, that's the fact that Jesus was always fully God, but he had laid some of those aspects aside to take the very nature of man as well. If he didn't, then him being God, how could he live among sin, and how could he die? But his purpose was to come and to die, and to become a sacrifice for us, so this is what he chose to do. John 17, 5 states this, and now, this is the words of Jesus, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. This shows us that some of the glory that he had in heaven was temporarily laid aside so he could become fully man, so that he could dwell among the unholy, but that this glory was still his and would be fully restored once his mission on earth was complete. And we see how this, this is played out with Jesus becoming fully man. Starting at the very beginning, John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory and the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This Word that's being talked about is talking about Jesus, as we can see from, from the context of this passage. And, and that's the very incarnation of God and His truth that came to this world as a man. Throughout the Gospels, we get a great picture of this humanity of Christ. He lived his life within all of the same human confines and limitations that we did. He, he grew up with a human family. He lived uh, a common human life before his ministry started. He had a job. He tired. He got hungry. He had personality, friends, neighbors, all of it. And eventually, he even died, just like any human eventually dies. The main difference in this is that while he lived as fully man, he did not sin. This wasn't because he wasn't tempted or or that 
the temptation he did experience didn't have the same effect on him. He faced the temptation of sin in his very life uh, in every single way that we did, yet he did not succumb to it. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 15 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but, but we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You see, Jesus lived this life just as we did, but he lived it in the spirit, resisting the devil in every way we could possibly face, and he lived it fully for the purpose that he came to this earth to fulfill. I want to back up in Hebrews just a little bit and go to chapter 2 to hit on this a little bit more. Verse 14, it says this, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death we might break the power of him who holds the power over death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants, which is us, by the way. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Basically, since man had flesh and blood, Jesus came and had flesh and blood. And because man had sin, sinned, we, beca- we became slaves to the death that, that such a sin brings to us. But because Jesus came as a man in, in every way possible, as verse 17 says, and yet he did not sin or enter in such, into such a death, he was able to become an atonement for our sins. He was, he was the perfect sacrifice without blemish. He is able to help us in our temptation and in our death because he himself paid for the death that we deserve so that we could, we could have life, a life that he showed us how to live here on earth and a life eternal. One of the great things that came out of Jesus becoming fully man like this is that Jesus showed himself to be obtainable. He, had showed, he showed himself to be relatable. He showed himself to be reachable. He isn't some distant God that is so far removed from us that that we can only talk about him in theories or behind a veil. He isn't a distant God that we can only look at on stained glass windows. He, He walked this earth. He tasted our food. He felt our hurts and our joys and our pains. He felt the overwhelming temptations that we feel. And because of this, Hebrews says over and over that we can approach him with confidence. That he will help those who are suffering and who are being tempted. Because he gets it. Jesus showed us through his life on this earth the best possible way to live here as a man. I believe that is exactly what Paul was saying when he said to live is Christ. Because we can look at his life and all of his humanity and we can pursue such a life uh, uh, in our own lives. And when we look at Jesus in, in his full humanity, and we can learn that he too was playful. He was fierce. He was generous. He was honest. He was free. He was cunning. He was true. He was humble. And without Jesus becoming fully man like this, I don't think we could relate to him the way we actually can relate to him now. I don't believe his sacrifice on the cross would mean the same thing to us today. You see, Jesus had to become fully man so that his sacrifice would be sufficient, so that we could have his blood shed for us. And this couldn't happen if he wasn't fully man. Hebrews chapter 10. 
starting in verse 8, says this. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings, offerings and sin offerings you do not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will you have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. For since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Verse 18, and where these sins have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Hallelujah. This leads us to our third truth tonight. And that's that Jesus died for our sins as both fully man, fully God and fully man. To reveal love, the love of God for his children, and through that we can have a relationship with him. You see, Jesus came to this earth as both fully God and fully man to fulfill God's will, which was to bring a perfect blood sacrifice for his people because man could not do it on their own. As that passage talked about, the priest would stand there day after day performing the same religious sacrifices over and over, and they could never atone for sins. But because God desired so deeply to be intimately connected with his people, to have a relationship with them, even though they were sinners and unholy, he offered a part of himself up to leave his throne, to come down to this earth and to live amongst men and to ultimately suffer the most brutal of tortures and deaths. And he did all of this so that those who needed forgiveness, which by the way is all of us, could be forgiven once and for all so that sacrifices for sin would no longer be necessary. So that peace and intimacy could flow between man and God, both here on earth and for all of eternity. Jesus being both fully God and coming to this earth and becoming fully man reveals his relentless love that he has for his children. That is you and I. Nothing would stop him from loving us and paving a way for salvation for us that can only come through Christ Jesus. Nothing. Now, can be kind of a heavy topic. There, there's a lot thrown at us here, and I, I really just hit the surface of this of, of this tonight. Um, and I really wish we we had more time to dive into this pretty much the entire book of Hebrews because it just hammers in this theology about behind these truths. But what I really want is for these truths to be clear to you. So I want to simplify it for us tonight, and that's this: because we can trust in the accuracy and truth of the Bible, we can see through it that Jesus is both fully God and fully man. This is one of the unshakable truths that we find in Scripture. And because of this unshakable truth, we can trust that his blood that was freely given for, for us saves us from our sin because it was the only perfect sacrifice that could bring such an atonement. See, Jesus was not merely a great teacher while he lived this earth. He proved beyond a reasonable doubt that he was God with us, Emmanuel. And Jesus was not without his flesh while he was here on this earth either. He faced this world in every way that we face it today. And so, and because of that, we can trust that he understands everything that we're going through. He is so obtainable. 
and, and his blood that he shed for us and that he shed for us out of love was perfect. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and we put our hope in as our Savior, it is from that, that type of faith, that we can be saved. Uh, you know, uh, this is so important because if we really can't know anything about someone until we really know their identity. And I know that sounds like such an obvious statement. But knowing the full nature of Jesus, not just parts of it, reveals to us his full heart. It, you know, but um, if we just settle on certain aspects of what we know about Jesus, we don't get the full picture. So these two truths of, of Jesus being fully God and fully man is so important to actually knowing the true identity of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Knowing these truths really changes everything because they are a few of the foundational truths behind, uh, behind an authentic faith based upon in God's word. I want to close tonight with reading the text that I opened with, and I, I want you to listen to, a f- listen to it this time, fully realizing Jesus as both fully God and fully man. And, and the worship team is going to come up, and they're gonna, um, we're going to continue into, in some worship tonight, and I'm going to close in some prayer. But my hope is, guys, is that through your worship, it, you will reflect these truths that are in your hearts, and, and, that, um, and that God receives all of the glory. Because, really, that's why we come and do this. Right? This, this truth about Jesus, this truth of Jesus as fully God, fully man, and that he is relentlessly, relentlessly pursuing us is something that draws us to worship of our Heavenly Father. So let's read this Philippians 2 passage. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Father, we just pray that to you tonight. We surrender that to you tonight. Father, we admit to you tonight that we can't do this without you. Father, that we can't be our own saviors. Father, that you have clearly revealed to you to us through your truth that you Jesus was fully God and that he became fully man. And that he was the perfect sacrifice for us on the cross. So that through that we can have salvation and that we can have a relationship with you. Father, we confess to you tonight that Jesus Christ is Lord. And through that, you are glorified. Father, may we hold strongly to this unshakable truth that we find in Scripture. Father, may we live that truth out in every aspect of our life. Father, may we not ignore that truth in our life, but may our lives be a result of that. May our lives glorify you because of that truth. Pray this in Christ's name.